Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Two Wizards and a Mic, where myself, Shane, and Andrew talk about D&D because we're old and we're on the way out and soon we will be forgotten, but the game of Dungeons and Dragons will remain. So <laughs> that was morbid, but hey, it's the first day of school. So there you go. Uh, how are you doing? Pretty good. Like you said, uh, first day of school, so I actually got some work done today. Yeah. <laughs> well done, well done. Yeah. Uh, but uh, everyone got off to school, and I'm assuming there was at least one Dungeons & Dragons module in, like, a backpack, maybe, as you sent her off. <laughs> I might have I might have uh, put a D20 in there. Very, some very good. Lab was bread in her backpack as the snack. <laughs> you know... Could you imagine like any teacher? Well, you you were a teacher for years, but, yeah. you know, would it be like, you know, a kid brings out a snack and you'd be like, what is that you have there? Mm -hmm. Little note. To give, oh, give this to the teacher. She asks. <laughs> nice. Yeah. 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 This Everybody week we're talking about jockeying for positions right now, trying to figure out what class their kids in because we just got let they emailed us this afternoon. So. Oh, so you actually didn't know it was basically like show up and no the very first day often they stay with the teacher from last year for for a couple hours or an hour and then tomorrow the actual regular curriculum starts and then the okay. new class begins so I, I gotta say that's actually not too bad to actually see the teacher from the previous year hopefully and then being transitioned into a new class because yeah i went from a montessori school to high school and that was <laughs> weird uh and i really wish that i could have changed into some sort of wild shape when i was at school because yeah. then i would have been uh much happier but anyway we're talking about druids this week uh mm -hmm. last week we talked a lot about the new stuff coming which i we will talk about again but this week uh we're going back to another class and uh we're going back to class and That's learning right. about druids hey. uh which is one of my more recent favorite classes because for the longest time I never played a druid because I thought mm -hmm. druids were weird, but now I become a large scorpion quite often. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, tell us about the druids because we need to know. Yeah, so we're yeah we're going through all the classes in D and D. So we've got a few left. We've done most of them, and uh, this one also is a favorite of mine. Of course, when people say druids, you often you automatically people who, especially older people, will think about the Celtic nature priests yeah, and um, who were in England in the UK before the Romans arrived, I believe. So that's like four or five hundred years ago, and it was quite a complicated, um, basically clan or different clans with druids, and they actually they ranked up and then the it reminds some people of gandalf how he changed from gandalf the gray to gandalf the white because the higher ranking druids are actually in white robes and the lower ones have darker robes usually yeah, um that's cool so yeah there's a lot of and people connect them to stonehenge and some of those large uh circles of stones that are found in in England and Scotland, but um, actually, I don't think they were the ones who made them, but apparently they had knowledge about how they worked. So when people say Druid, they often think of, of those um, people. 
And there is a connection there for sure to D&D. Um, so it's a spellcaster deeply connected with nature. Um, they worship basically nature, sometimes a nature deity, but usually just nature itself. And um, shape changing into animal forms, as you mentioned, is usually a big part of druids. And um, the original player's handbook for Dungeons and Dragons, the druid was actually a subclass of a cleric, which, you know, there's that makes sense. Like it's sort of like a nature cleric in a way. And instead right. of, again, worshiping a deity, it's usually worshiping the wilderness or nature. Um, some of the versions in D&D, apparently, I don't have a lot of knowledge from about two to four, the middle part of the middle ages of D&D. But apparently some of those druid uh, classes were quite overpowered. Um, so fifth edition pulled it back a bit. Um, a notable druid is Merlin. Many people think of him as a wizard. But actually, in some works, he is considered a druid. Uh, there's also Radagast. More people these days would probably know from The Hobbit. Um, it's, it's an actual Tolkien story, unlike Rings of Power. Um, and then there's Pinkle Boulder Shoulder. Seriously, Pinkle Boulder Shoulder. <laughs> who is a druid in the R.A. Salvatore novels, These this large collection of fantasy novels, which personally I love, <clears throat> because the writer does such a good job with action. The stories are, they're full of action, and he writes it really well. He has that balance between there's still a fight, but he doesn't drag it on. And, um, yeah, I think he, he does he does a great job. And then there are tons of examples of druids in terrible B-movies. <laughs> I could go on and on about those, but we won't. Um, so the D&D class now in 5th edition, as I said, they rein them back in a little bit. They have decent hit points, so 1d8. Um, armor, light or medium, but you can't have metal or a metal armor or a metal shield, because that's against the druid's connection with nature. Um, their weapons, I think the one that makes sense, the most sense is the quarterstaff. Um, I can see clubs and daggers, javelins, scimitar, sickle for sure, sling, yeah, spear. But I don't know why mace is in there. Um, maybe maybe it's a holdover from when they were part of the cleric class. Uh, the, I would expect that's probably why. I mean, to me, yeah. in the description you just gave, I mean, yeah, maces kind of seem out of place. Yeah, um, I don't. You know, the sickle has never been a weapon that you ever see get used. Not like much. to me, the, I can see them being kind of deadly in a lot of ways. Yeah, uh, for you know, like really close combat. But uh, I see the sling being used. You know, at the very yeah, mm -hmm. generally at earlier levels. But mm -hmm. uh, and javelins all the time, daggers all the time, clubs all yeah. the time, quarter staffs all the time. But sickles. I think I think they need there need to be some really cool sickles out there that are probably really really heavy damage and all kinds of things. So we need to yeah. find some of those out there. Yeah, we need we need more. <laughs> I agree. Uh, the you, cool thing is you get a herbalism kit, which uh, if your dungeon master wants to, that could you know add a lot more to the game. Um, skills you get two from Arcana: animal handling, insight, medicine, nature, perception, religion, and survival. So a lot of those are connected into their connection to the wilderness. Um, languages, they get a special language, a secret language, um, the secret language of the Druids, which is Druidic. 
um, which I don't think I've heard anybody use or bring up ever in our games, but we need to. We haven't. Well, we've used, uh, uh, I want to say cantrips, not cantrips. Uh, what's the language for um, thieves? Oh, uh, thieves can't. Thieves can't, where yeah, we have done that. Used, but druidic, rarely. I mean, rarely. Actually, to be honest, I don't think I've seen that many druids side by side. Like you see them, you know, a character maybe run into mm-hmm. the odd player or the odd NPC that's a druid, but they've never really had a uh, a moment to kind of go, "Hey, how's it going? Yeah, well, yeah. You heard anything <laughs> on the news? Yeah. Anything? Yeah. Anything ghoul coming down um, the pipe? All right, cool. You know, yeah. that just doesn't. Are happen. you in our circle? Our circle of friends. <laughs> exactly. um, yeah, I definitely need to do that. Um, Dr- druid book. So features in general for the druid. So wild shape, which is changing into a beast of an animal you've seen before. You can start actually using this uh, twice and you regain uses after a short or long rest. But um, the, at the beginning, the CR is not very high, only one quarter for the beast. Hmm. And you have no flying or swimming speed because that would be overpowered. Um, You retain your alignment personality, um, your intelligence, wisdom, and charisma scores. You assume the beast's hit points. You can't cast spells at this point. Um, You retain features of your class as long as the new form can physically do it. Um, And you choose what happens to your equipment when you transform. So this gets better as you get to higher levels. And um, yeah, it's it's obviously one of the best parts about being a druid. And w- when you all your hit points are gone in, a, in combat, you then you revert back to your druid form, your original form. Yeah, yeah so there's um, there are some high level features at 18th level to 20th level, but that's really high. I won't mention those because that's you're, you're basically almost finished playing at that point. Um, subclasses, so there's two in the core book. We've got the Circle of the Land. So these are mystics and sages who safeguard ancient knowledge and, and rights and specific areas. Um, they can actually regain spell, spell slots during natural recovery when you do a short rest. Um, you get extra spells connected to the area. So if you're in the Arctic, you get ones that are connected to that. If you're in the forest, et cetera. Um, you can move through non-magical terrain without costing you extra movement. You can't be charmed and or frightened by fey or elementals later on. And you, at, the, at one point, beasts and plants have to actually make a wisdom save uh, or they can't attack you. So that's, that's pretty useful. That's cool. My druid is not as high a level as to get that, but that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. A lot of these things are, are definitely, um, you know, it gets better as you go along circle of the moon. So these are fierce guardians of the wild. They gather under the full moon, but usually act independently most of the time and are in the deepest part of the wilderness. So they have a lot of uh, features that boost the wild shape. They can use the, the big thing is instead of taking an action to, to shape change to wild shape, you only need a bonus action. Um, you can even use spell slots to regain hit points as your beast. Uh, you can transform into beasts with much higher CR. Uh, your beast attacks later on count as magical attacks. And you can actually use your wild shape um, later to turn into an elemental. 
And um, a much higher level, you can actually cast Alter Self at will, which is pretty useful. So those are the two Sorry. basic types. Um, I think most people go towards the Moon Druid because a lot of what you can do as the land druid you can also do as the moon druid plus you get the beast bonuses um but the circle does do the circle druid does have those extra spells the the one of the circle of the land you do have yeah. some extra spells yeah um i, I have also... to agree that one that one's my favorite of those two because uh i think the spell lists are also different too but we'll get into that in a sec yeah, there you again the land one you get some extra spells, um, but not ones that the other druid couldn't choose. Um, but you were saying the moon is your favorite or the land? The circle of the moon's my favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I've used one of the other ones, I think Shepherd in one of the games for one of the druids, although that druid mm -hmm. died early. Uh, but um, I didn't really get into that one too much because it died because I died. Uh, but uh, yeah, Circle of the Moon is druid? usually where I go. Hmm? Who killed that druid? Uh, this guy, I know. Uh, some DM guy. Did like he use a dude. giant crocodile? Uh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> that was, I, I believe that was the that incredible, ridiculous session where you were sitting side by side with someone. You both rolled double ones on your death saves. And then the next turn, you both roll double ones again. Yep, that that, that was, was the one. That, that was the one. Yeah, sure. Yeah, because you had a close relationship with weasels. Yeah, that was. Uh, it was a yeah. very good. It was a great character, but you know, it was. Yeah, stuff happens. What can you do? Giant crocodiles come out of swamps. <laughs> so we also have druids in our books in the. Um, Monsters of the Underworld book, we have the Circle of Shrooms. So we have a druid who's closely connected <laughs> with fungi. Which is kind of awesome. Especially magic, magical fungi. Um, we also have the Circle of the Griffin in our Monsters of the City book. Or no, hold on. No, it's in Monsters of the Wilderness. And it is okay. a druid who is more, who's Quite a um, quite a good warrior, quite an effective warrior. So it's basically like, like combining a fighter and a druid, um, and sort of a Jedi kind of blend a bit. Um, okay. Yeah, what kind of a warrior? A warrior druid, which I think is sort of like a Jedi. All right. So there are many many spells. We're not going to go through them all, but uh, there are some notable spells that druids could use. Um, Druidcraft is a one sort of like prestigitation for wizards that adds these cool little effects that you could use. It would be very useful at low levels, but even at higher levels, they could be useful at times. Um, they don't do anything spectacular, but they're really good for role play, I think. Um, and they're really, they're really good. They could be really good if you were negotiating with a, a villager or something like that, or um, yeah, or maybe a, a large group of humanoids or something like that. Um, there's also shillelagh, which I think the person in our group who's from Ireland just takes so that she can say it over and over. And uses it really well, too. Which she does, great. yeah. 
So it basically boosts your quarter staff, so it becomes more powerful. Um, Thorn Whip is a wicked spell where you can actually do damage and then pull a creature towards you, which is, I think that's underrated. That's useful. Entangle sort of speaks for itself, but it's very useful. Yeah. Uh, Fairy Fire. Now, this is one that I think whenever you have an opportunity to take this spell, no matter what spell casting class you are, because other, other casters get it too, but it is so good because it lights up your enemy if they fail their save. And now whoever attacks has advantage because your target is right. lit up. Um, and I think it's also used for casting so you can see your enemy through doors and things like that, which I think is probably the bulk of the time. And I don't think people consider the whole idea they have advantage after that. So that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it can it can be very useful if you think something's invisible too, because it doesn't matter that it's invisible. If you if you get it, it's going to light up as well. If you if you hit, if you get the right target, right. Um, good good berry, I think underrated spell. So it, it's a it, you produce these berries magically, and then um, if you eat one, you get one hit point. Plus, you get it's like eating meals for a whole day. Nice. So I I think that's pretty useful. You don't need um, rations after that. No. Uh, one that's um, used a lot is bark skin because if you don't have armor, uh, it boosts you up. To, even if you have armor, it boosts your armor class up to armor class 16, which is decent, especially for a spellcaster. Right. Um, Beast sense is pretty self-explanatory, but useful. Moonbeam, very powerful. So um, it does radiant damage, which can be useful against undead. Um, it forces shape changes to return to their true form, and it does decent damage. Yeah, I've used. I know that I've used Moonbeam uh, uh, two or three times because we ran into. Um, I think we ran into like a an undead group of some sort, and uh, I used that, and it did very well because you can move yeah. it around as as the battle goes on. So that was pretty exactly cool. yeah. Uh, then we have Pass Without Trace, which is a very powerful spell. Uh, your whole party, who as long as, think, as long as they're within 30 feet, everybody gets plus 10 to stealth, and you can't be tracked by basically regular means or magical means. Um, so if you do want to, you know, decide the monsters, <laughs> it's not a good day. Like, this is not the day we will fight. Um, we will meet again. This is a really good spell to have at that point. Um, there's lots of conjuring animals and elementals. I know your druid loves, and that's yeah. that. That's something you definitely need to do because you can you can even if your DM allows you, you can sometimes conjure a creature that can also conjure a creature. Nice. So uh, that actually, I hadn't actually thought of that. That's actually quite. That's kind of deadly. Yeah, yeah, it can be. That's why I say you'd have to check with your DM because that's I think that's only possible with some of the new Fey creatures that have been added. Because there aren't many Fey in the original rules, which is why we wrote that book. Um, so there's also Insect Plague, which our party seems to it always seems to happen to our party. Um, Reincarnate, which of course is very powerful, and it's a lot of fun when you don't know who you're going to come back as or what you're going to come back. I think it's great. I, uh, for role-playing, I think it's great. 
I don't think we've used. I mean, we've in some of the games I've played. Uh, usually, you do reincarnation by going to a temple somewhere. I don't think I've actually cast had a druid do it. Yeah, that's actually kind of interesting. I had oh, that's actually brilliant. We had we did have somebody just in the campaign. I think maybe just before you started, or it was the really high level part of World of Mirror. I'm not sure if you were there. And uh, somebody died on this ship, and a druid was there, and they reincarnated them, and, and they were a halfling, and they came back as like a, a gnome, or they came back as something different, right. and then they decided they wanted to die. <laughs> they didn't want to be this new race, so they threw themselves off the ship. Um, they went actually to fight a, a dragon turtle in the storm. By themselves. Which meant that that was it, <laughs> that they were done. <laughs> um, yeah, they threw themselves off off the ship, and the the dragon turtle had already been on the ship, like fighting people, and then it it slid off the ship, and this guy jumped off the ship and landed on him, and then the the last thing they saw was this like halfling sailing into the distance on the back of this dragon turtle, and they never saw him again. <laughs> So he was like a 20th level halfling rogue. That's kind of awesome, actually. <laughs> Just yeah, the, gonna go. the imagery that we can conjure from all the adventures that we've remembered. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yes. Well, I think at that point I used one of the, is it journey? Because his the love of his life was on the ship. Isn't there a journey song like, um, I'll, oh, always, uh, I'll always be loving you? Yeah. Isn't that yep, journey? Yeah. So I played that as it was happening. <laughs> um, tree stride. So this is very cool. I don't see many people using it. So you go in, as long as the tree is large enough. I don't even know what that is. I don't recall. Well, as long as the tree is large enough, you can walk into a tree and then walk out of another tree in the woods a certain distance away, which I think is super cool. Um, and I actually came up with mushroom stride um, for some of my fate creatures who can do it with giant mushrooms. That's awesome. Um, the druid can also use regeneration. So this is really useful if you've lost a limb and you still have it and you want to reattach it. As so in that, you have it from you know, carrying it with you? Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there's animal shapes. So this spell, you can turn willing creatures into beasts of CR four or lower for 24 hours. So you could change your whole party into beasts and then you can yeah, alter it too. You can change what the beasts are at a later point. I want to do that. Just, I love that. Of course, I love that it. sounds very high level. It's very well. Yeah. Now we're getting up to, you just look at the spells I've mentioned, right? Regeneration, animal shapes, yeah. earthquake, tsunami <laughs> and true resurrection so we're talking this is like you know this is white robe druids this is this is the top that's kind of awesome because i mean <coughs> as i said i've only played druids more recently and i have not actually got that high i think i've maybe eight or nine so yeah. I'm kind of looking forward to this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and suddenly there was a tsunami. 
Exactly. At high level is pretty awesome. Um, and as you've said, we've had a lot of players choose Druids in our campaigns. It's one of the most popular classes, actually. Um, I know you've played, I think you've played two at least. You have one right now. I have played two. The, uh, yeah. One, the one you that have died, worn, and then, uh, yeah. Yeah, you have worn. Oh, no, actually, maybe, three, right? maybe three. Maybe three, now. Because you had Warnet is a gnome druid right now, right? Yeah. And then you and before had before that was the rat guy, or the the um, weasel guy. Oh my god, what was his name? Totally forgotten. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'd have to look. I'd have to look that up. And then was there another druid that you did? I'm I'm thinking I have done a, a third druid. I just I can't think of. It wasn't one of your teams. Oh. You got a bard tiefling for sure. Yeah, I could have. I might have. I just—it's it's been so long. Stupid yeah. pandemic. <laughs> um, so pros. Well, there's lots of pros. The wild shape is amazing. Um, because we haven't talked about it that much, but you often turn into these days. What do you choose? Well, my character currently is is really. Because the character is is not that strong or a really great fighter, I tend to use the idea that I'm going to turn into this large. I, I picked like the largest creature that made sense, mm -hmm. and it was it's a large uh, scorpion, which has three attacks. It's very OP in a way, but it has enough hit points that in theory it could survive most battles, but it, you know at least getting hammered on the, the as you know as a scorpion and then reverting back into my other character or into my character's form uh, the big benefit is that but also i tend to conjure bears at the same time so yeah. i'll have like large bears then i'll turn into a, a little wild shape into the scorpion and that gives me some comfort that you know whatever creature we run into which I think we're, I, I want to say we're like eighth, ninth level, or maybe a bit higher than that. I, I don't. Around, yeah. In the, yeah. In the dragon cult, cult campaign, you're around that level. Yeah. 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 So I feel that, you know, I can actually survive a battle without, uh, without too much concern. But uh, I just kind of, I also like the idea that you can, if you're not a fighter, if you're a character that's a druid, that's, that's more about trying not to kill things. Uh, then you can actually have that almost like an emergency button. Like I'm going to die. Yeah. This is not great. And then turn into something because eventually you'll, you'll probably not want to leave yourself completely defenseless, especially if you, I don't know, say you're in a situation where a couple of the party or two or three of the party are downed and you're like the savior trying to heal people or whatever. Uh, but at the same time, if you get into a pickle, you can kind of go, you know what? I'm now a giant whale or whatever, you know, that, something that's going to to uh, hopefully get you through to the point where you can do some damage and then go back and heal somebody and get them off the ground or, or whatever. Those right. kinds of things. Again, now that, I'm, now that I'm thinking about that, though, you could turn into something very small that the other, that the, the opponent can't find. So that is a kind of an alternative to that. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I like it so that I can actually do some damage and then not die. Right. Yeah, I think um, I was actually just going to mention that, that um, I don't think many times players in our campaigns have 
turned into a tiny creature in a battle to hide. But many times, um, I think for sure you and uh, other players have turned into small creatures, especially like a spider, because they're pretty tiny. Um, yeah. Or a cat or something. I mean, spider's really small. And then you've snuck inside somewhere. And then, um, so it is very, very useful, as you say, the large to fight and the smaller to to hide. Yeah, a lot of like reconnaissance, like what's behind that door? What's over there? Or if you run into uh, a creature that in theory might be able to communicate some sort of information to you. And um... now, is there a benefit? So say you run into like a rat and you turn into mm -hmm. a rat. Uh, is there a benefit to actually turning even like maybe if you could you had speak with animals or something or, or you know, something along those lines, it might not matter. But could you actually communicate? Well, usually I don't you know if that's cast a thing. spells when you're shape changed. Well, no, but if you change into like the same creature and be able to communicate yeah. with it, like I don't know if that's actually a thing because you're still I, a druid, right? Or still yeah, I don't think so. But druids definitely can communicate. I mean, you have many spells that you can communicate with animals, with beasts and plants, um, which players love because then the DM, like I've had to be a squirrel, I've had to be a hawk, I've had to be fish before, um, <laughs> you know, and fish are like the dumbest thing. They're, you know, that is alive. So, you know, unless they're a, uh, a doubt trout, trout. <laughs> because <laughs> that was a laugh off character. Like, aha, that sounds funny. Huh? Great yeah. character. But then I ran into one of the, I think I was scouting ahead or something. I forgot what character this was. And yeah. you were like, yeah, by the way, you're in a, uh, you have a lot of water in this dungeon or, or sewer or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And you were like, yeah, so you see this trout just sort of jump out of the water and look at you. And then, my character is completely useless. Like, totally <laughs> couldn't do anything. I'm just going to oh, look at these rocks. Oh, I like rocks. I'm going to put some mud on my face. Yeah. You know, <laughs> deadly trout. <laughs> well, you're going to love it that I have in the new book, which I'm just finishing the manuscript. I'm just editing, hopefully for the last time. Um, I have a new version of the Dow Trout, which is even more um, of a pain in the neck. <laughs> so... Um, the, another pro for druids definitely are all the healing that they can do. Um, yeah, and yeah. that obviously when they're in the wilderness, especially they're very useful. Although there are, there are ways to use the druid in urban areas. We actually have the um, druid of the undercity in our monsters of the city book to give you an example. You know, they, they conjure swarms of rats and, they communicate with like hawks and birds in the city. And so there are ways that that they can be somewhat useful in the city or an urban place, but ideally in the wilderness. Um, and so the dungeon, um, yeah, you have to hope your DMs be nice to you and made a dungeon so that the druid can be of, of help, which I think they still can. Um, cons, lack of armor. So unless you have bark skin, even if you have yeah. bark skin, your armor class is never going to be that high, usually. Um, yeah. What do you think about pros and cons? I think there's a lot of pros for this class. Well, I mean, well, that's the thing is that this is one of those classes where you can, like we were saying before about how the, in a battle, you can choose to hide and turn into, I will turn into a flea and I will climb under this rock and I will stay there for a couple of rounds and then I'll come out. But there's all kinds of things that I think get completely neglected where 
there's there's definitely power in being creative and well sneaky in a way uh because you know being a sneak is not necessarily the territory 100% of the time of like a rogue but you've got all these different things where turn into a large creature bring in some creatures you know, conjure something that's going to be helpful uh being able to uh really get around like the well the lack of armor and I think actually at one time we actually had a druid. I'm not sure if it was a druid, but it was definitely a a, a class that you didn't really uh, do well in cities. Like you, you were. Able, I think there was a character where you and the player uh, arranged it so that okay, I want to play this character. I want to play it like this, where it's like a a wilderness kind of character, but it's it's doing very well in the the darker places of a large city. Mm -hmm. and uh and those kinds of things that actually worked really well and but it did take some creative thinking where you had to work with a player to actually say okay well how can i i really want to do this how could i do that and you're like well how about we try this way and we could have these kind of you know parts of the adventure can actually cater to that kind of thing and mm -hmm. and those kinds of characters are a challenge to play and a lot of the classes we've covered already, a lot of them have these little tiny things that, that I don't think, I think it just get missed because, uh, especially for newer players, because they really think about, and as you and I are recommending, they think of Dungeons and Dragons as a character in armor with a big sword running into the mm -hmm. room and killing whatever's there. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, taking the treasure where as a beginner player, it's a great recommendation. You know what? Be simple. This is what a character is. But then delving into different classes and, and different species and races and things, you know, you can actually have some really creative combinations where, you know, wild shape is such a powerful tool where you can, um, you know, have like, did we, I had a character or there was a character once that actually uh, was able to turn into a large bird, was able to carry people around an obstacle that was actually quite difficult to get around and would have, you know, we'll have to walk back 20,000 meters and go around and then climb back up this other, where the character was like, actually, no, wait, I could be like this big bird and I will carry you one at a time to get across. Mm -hmm. So there's all kinds of things you can use. It's not always about, well, running into the room and killing everything. Uh, it's yeah. it, There's all kinds of other things that, that these characters can do. And a lot of the time, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm guilty of this too. You're really thinking about I'm going to be a scorpion. I'm going to you know, grab them twice and then I'm going to sting them and it'd be great. Where instead I could actually be like, you know what? I could turn it into something maybe more useful, and uh, hopefully, um, tsunami. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, earthquake, earthquake. Oh my god. But yeah, I mean, and the idea of uh, you're talking about. Uh, you know, the shroom, uh, the, what was it called? Uh, tree stride. Circle of the shroom. stride, like being able to like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go in here and I'm going to be over there. And like, to me, tree stride is something I would never have considered. Uh, but you could say, you know, the characters got you backed into a corner. Oh, look, there's a tree right here. And suddenly you're maybe in a tree 20 feet away behind the creature. So hopefully. Yeah, I think that's like that. one of the great parts about the Druid is that you can more than many, almost any other class, you can use the environment, right? As exactly you know, helping you, especially if you're out in the wilderness. So, you know, if there's stone, you can have their spells that connect to stone. If there's trees or plants or animals or even water, you maybe you have water breathing and you need to escape and you jump into the river and swim away. Hopefully you don't meet any doubt trout. 
But I mean, I mean, that's the thing about the game is that, uh, first of all, it's only a game, but two, uh, being a creative thinker, I mean, these are skills that, that as a player, you kind of learn over time and it takes a while to kind of get there. Like if, uh, I've played with people that, that like myself have a background in theater. And so it's a bit easier for you to Mm -hmm. kind of go, I'm going to pull out a bazooka and suddenly I'm going to send fire down this creature's throat. But there's a lot of people that have played the game or just started playing the game, especially where they don't quite have that flexibility in their sort of in their, in their theater of the mind kind of thing where, Mm -hmm. okay, you have the DM that goes, okay, you've got this thing and you have this environment and here's what's going on. You have these characters coming this way to come and get you, or these characters are going to come and assist you and being able to really kind of step outside of the, the, as I always describe it, walking into the room and slashing your sword and kill everything that's there and then take the treasure where, uh, yeah, you just have this, and it takes you people do eventually get there. I think I think that's one thing that's really powerful about the game as a, a human being that you're actually playing something that trains yourself and gets your brain a little more flexible to kind of go. I have thought of this cool thing where I played it in the game last week, and now I have this real life sort of conundrum I have to solve. And oh wait, I could actually. Hey, wait a second. Yeah, I don't necessarily have to freak out or or whatever it might be, but actually come up with creative solutions in life. So. That, that's kind of how I treat it, but hey. yeah, really very true. There. Well, well said, well said. But uh, I think that uh, barbarians are far cooler. Was that a weird <laughs> segue? <laughs> uh, there's but, lots uh, to talk about with them, and um, I think that's what's up uh, next on our agenda is. Uh, Barbarians. Right. We only have a few classes left. I think we haven't done warlocks and sorcerers. We're doing barbarians, sorcerers, and warlocks over the next few weeks. And yeah. then we're going back to some basic skill stuff about how to build characters and, and things like that, which a lot of what I just said kind of, I think, plays into it where uh, creating a character is not just picking a class and a, and a race. You can kind of go, hey, I want to do this thing. And I want to be helpful in this adventure. And mm-hmm. hopefully you have an idea of what the adventure is about, where you can kind of go, will I be helpful or will I be a hindrance? Mm-hmm. And if I'm a hindrance, that would be kind of cool in a certain way. But <laughs> then, you know, maybe the other players might not like me so much. But uh, but yeah, all kinds of cool stuff with basic rules that, uh, God, there's so much to talk about. Oh, my God. I'm looking. Yeah. I'm just... Spoiler for everybody watching or listening. I'm actually looking at a list that, that Andrew has written out and I, and I'm kind of like, Oh my God, you're right. We haven't talked about that. We haven't talked, God, we haven't talked about that either. Oh, there's so many things that, that this game sort of <laughs> <Yeah>. involves. <laughs> Mind blown. But, uh, but thank you all for watching and listening. We will be uh, here next week for barbarians and forever. There's so much stuff to talk about. Said. And uh, yeah, I think I'll leave it at that. Thank you all. Make sure to share the show. Tell people about it. Uh, click all the things. Uh, subscribe to the thing down below. Uh, we're also on uh, Twitter. We have uh, all kinds of stuff out there. And, uh, and of course, we have an audio version of the show that you can go and check out, which the link will be down below. And, uh, yeah, thank you all for that. And thank you all for giving us feedback, because that's also important. We can only get better if you tell us how much we're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Later.